Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. As always, brought to you by all these great sponsors bouncing along the bottom there, including Ballast Point Brewing Company, of which I'm not having one. I'm having water. I got to lose some weight. <laughs> Just straight up honest, I got to lose some weight. So, uh, day drinking, you know, it's only two o'clock here, so... Um, but uh, great news. We're, we're super excited. Uh, Ray Marine, I actually just, just found out Ray Marine, uh, who has been such a great sponsor for us, uh, just re-signed on for another couple of years. So uh, still going to be brought to you by that. Um, very excited about NRS. Actually just got a package from NRS today. May as well show this to you. Uh, really stoked on these. Uh, their new um, paddling pants. This is the Freefall Dry Pant. And uh, it has a really high kind of gaiter there, so you can tie that in with your jacket, and uh, so you be very, very dry. And they have what I really like, as opposed to your your conventional waders that have neoprene booties. These have a waterproof sock, so you can wear a normal size um, shoe when you're on the water. So very, very cool stuff. Um, and also, the uh, sent me the inflatable. Uh, the Star Rival, I've got it here on my phone, and that just arrived. It's still in the box. I haven't had a chance to look at it because it, it arrived about a half an hour ago. Um, but I'll be doing a full walkthrough on that. I'm really excited about that, having a uh, inflatable that I can keep in my Sprinter uh, so I don't always have to tow my trailer around if I want to just get in a do a little road trip or something. You know, um, it's going to be really cool. Also, uh, it's you know, it can be a piece of luggage. So if I want to go someplace super remote, we're getting a kayak there is a little more difficult. This thing's going to be really cool. But again, I'll give you more of a rundown on that once I open it up and do all that fun stuff. Uh, one other thing before we get to the episode, and if anybody is new to this, of course, we thank you for joining us. Um, we are here every Tuesday and Thursday airing older episodes of the show. On Thursdays are the really old episodes when we were sponsored by Ocean Kayak. Uh, and today we'll be airing the episode uh, part two of our trip to Panama with Pesca Panama with my buddy Craig Miller right there. Uh, actually, if you can see it, pulling on a nice tuna and that crystal clear water out at Hannibal Bank. But we'll be getting to that in a few minutes. Um, one of the other things going on today, let me get this banner off the bottom um, and throw this one up there. Roachcoachbait.com. This is actually a friend of mine's company. Uh, I'm going to do a giveaway, but it's got pretty much going to have to be somebody here in uh, San Diego, Southern California. Maybe we can meet up and I can give you a, a couple of these. So if you are a hoop netter, let's see some thumbs up. Let's see some comments about hoop netting. Uh, this is the Roach Coach. And um, my buddy Ricky sent me a few of these for myself to try out and then to give away a couple. So you can try them out. Cool thing about this, you know, you can see the tabs in there. You can... Um, Secure that down into the bottom of your hoop net. Uh, you can weight this thing and use it as a chum dispenser for fishing. Um, 
if you were just to throw it in the water and had some bait, it's going to float. So unlike your normal bait cage, it's not going to sink away on you. Another really interesting thing is, is depending on the direction you put this in, I think you can see there, those holes go all the way through. So that would be your full flow. If you turn it around, see if that shows, you can see those are then halfway. And so that's your half flow. So if you don't want quite as much, but if you got really finer baits and that sort of thing, uh, one thing that Ricky says he does, and you can see that just thing, it kind of compresses here and you just pull it apart. Uh, one thing Ricky was telling me he does is he will actually uh, chop up the bait, put it in a, put a plastic bag in here, push that down in there and then push, toss this in the freezer. Once that frozen, pull it out and do it again. And then he'll just supply that. And then when he's out there, he just puts it in there, pulls the plastic bag off. And uh, so he's got a perfectly sized uh, chunk of chum in there or bait for the uh, hoop net. So like I said, I'm going to give away a couple of these, but you're going to need to comment questions, anything like that. Um, and then again, there's uh, roach coat bait. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's nothing on that website other than contact information. So, uh, but it is a, a friend of mine locally, uh, just trying to get started with a with a pretty cool little business. I know it's getting kind of the end of hoop netting season, but still, uh, I see there is a couple of comments here. Uh, before we get to that, uh, let us know if you're watching on Facebook or if you're uh, watching on the Facebook group page, and these are the different ways you can watch it, as well as our YouTube channel, Kayak Fishing Tales. And I mention this quite often, if you subscribe to Kayak Fishing Tales, you're much more likely to be notified when we go live. Facebook isn't that great about it. Uh, so anyway, we've got a couple of people saying hello. Brian Mack, how you doing, man? Liam, always joining us from Kayak Fishing Tales. Thank you so much. Eric, how you doing, man? Sean Russell, a regular. I appreciate you being here. Hope you guys aren't... Uh... Yeah, and our friends in Texas. You know, I posted something uh, yesterday. I'm kind of getting all over the place here. But I posted something yesterday about a group of people, an organization that was doing a lot to help with the turtle situation down in Texas with the freeze they've had, you know, to help those animals. So... Uh, there's some links there if you want to help uh, donate to that. That'd be really cool. You know, the, the sea turtles are kind of my my thing. So, um, again, if you can help them out, that would be awesome. Like I said, I posted it yesterday, I think. But uh, the best of luck to all our friends in all the places that are so cold. Uh, Ash, how you doing over at Kayak Fishing Tales? And uh, Brian, you're in uh, Kayak Fishing in New Jersey. Serge, always watching up in Ottawa. Um, oh, Sean talking about my hat, my see-through hat. Look, you can see Craig through my hat because there's nothing there. It's, it's hollow. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, did you guys see when I, when I held up those shorts that NRS gave me the other day, they look like see-through shorts because they were green and just like my green screen. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Kevin Lowe on kayak fishing tails as well. Frank, Sarah, how you doing? Have your Kraken uh, 15. Awesome. And of course, kind of the predecessor to the Kraken 15 is that boat right there. Uh, and that is a Trident 15. And uh, we had sent those when I, back when I was working with Ocean Kayak. That was one of the boats I helped them design. And so, you know, that's my background is longer paddling boats. So 
Donald watching uh, from Long Island. Awesome. I really appreciate all you guys watching. So, um, like I said, I got my buddy Craig here, and he happens to be in Denver or from Denver or lives in Denver, but right now in Wisconsin. Craig, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, the the backstory here, Craig, a uh, former client of mine, uh, guided trip uh, in San Diego, or I think I pawned you off on Matt Moyer. First time. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky Matt. <laughs> uh, so Craig was coming into San Diego and I wasn't available. So I had my buddy Matt help him out. And then Craig came on. Well, you came every year. While I was going through right? Yeah, a couple times a year sometimes. It was a great place. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, down at Punta Colorada and then Rancho Leonero. Yep. Um, lots yeah. of good stories from down there uh, yep. that we don't necessarily need to go to. <laughs> <laughs> some we can tell, some maybe not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but Craig became a member of our Marlin Club, catching a, a striped Marlin down in Baja. Sailfish too. Yeah, yeah. And um, then, like I said, you know, as a guided client, we were just became friends, and uh, opportunity came up for this shoot down in Panama, and this was with Pesca Panama, and um, I just this was my second trip with Pesca Panama, and they asked us to come down again, but also asked if we could, you know, fill a couple spots kayakers wise. And I invited Craig and his wife, Kelly, and uh, you guys were able to jump on it and just a blast. Yeah. One of the great kayak fishing destinations. We're probably one of the great fishing destinations, right? In the world. But kayak fishing is incredible, right? The the organization, I don't even know if it's still around. I think we talked about that last time, but the destination and the service and the facilities and the the boats and it's just it was first class, right? If they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Fishing, I'm still so great down there. Well, actually, it's kind of funny is my buddy Ricky, who uh, makes the Roach Coaches, was actually a booking agent for Pesca Panama. And uh, he no longer works for them. He's working on some, some other stuff in Panama, as well as Pago Pago. And we were talking about it the other day. He says he thinks they're kind of still in business. But sort of, <laughs> you know, all I know is when I went to Pesca Panama's website, there's not a whole lot there. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but the, the cool thing for you guys who are going to be watching this, it was a, a floating lodge and you would fly into Panama City, usually spend the night in Panama City because it's such a mission getting down there. And then the next morning, take a small hop over to the city of David and then from there jump on a boat one of their fishing boats and they would run with all your luggage and everything and they would run you out to the the lodge or barge or whatever you want to call it yeah. and that barge would then you would fish all day and while you were fishing it was moving to another destination mm -hmm. and then you would sleep on it, you would eat on it and all that. And then you'd repeat, be, repeat that process for a week and kind of do this loop around the different islands and Hannibal Bank. Yep. So, but I mean, 
the variety. What I what I've told people about it, and I don't, you know how well you remember. This was a long time ago. I think this was twenty fifteen, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Heck, I don't even remember. Yeah, maybe but the, one of the night. Yeah, but the the cool thing was is your ability to do such a variety of fishing, even in the same day. Mm-hmm. You know, from from that cool inshore stuff for roosters and kubera. And that sort of thing to just a short distance being offshore and getting the Dorado and the tuna and then billfish. hundred percent. You know, I remember when we did snook way shore and then a little cove up there and then went out and did offshore stuff, Hannibal bank stuff that afternoon. So it's, it's pretty cool trip. Pretty yeah. Cool trip. Uh, and like I said, I mean, and, and it was it was a nice enough setup where you're comfortable where, you know, I mean, Kelly's adventurous, but, you know, it, it certainly wasn't any kind of roughing it, really, because, I mean. Oh, no. And they did your laundry every day. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That was <laughs> that was a cool thing. Yeah. Pack light. There's not a lot of room. And don't don't pack for the whole trip. Pack for two days. And then we'll do your laundry every single day. So you you leave your dirty laundry in the room, and you'd come back and it'd be dry and folded, sitting on the rack for you. That's right, because that was yeah. the thing. They're like, you know, because you have to jump on that small plane. Yeah. Um, they're just like, you know, you don't need to bring a ton. We will do your laundry every day. Mm-hmm. So you basically had like two sets of fishing clothes, yep. and just kept rotating. And then you maybe had a nicer set that you would wear in the evenings or or whatever, or for when you were you know, traveling. So yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Formal night. You had a formal outfit for uh white night or whatever it was. <laughs> right. Right. You're nicer Hawaiian. Drink, right? yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's just so many, so many great memories there, but I mean, I think we talked about it last time you were on here. Cause when we aired part one of this, the, the sharks. Yep. Uh, that would hang out at the back of the boat for where they were um, cleaning the fish or cleaning the dishes and those big yeah. nurse sharks yeah. and bull sharks just hanging out behind the boat. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and the, uh, the little searchlight on the front of the boat that you could control a little bit. You could, and when you cope at night at, on the backside of those islands, you could stop the uh, croc eyeballs off in the distance. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of life down there. There's a lot of marine life. There's a lot of variety down there. The birds and monkeys and the crocs and the sharks and everything you caught is it's a cool place. Yeah, it's a really cool place. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think what I liked so much about this. I mean, like I said, there's nothing wrong with you know your your paddle Panamas and uh, Los Busos, which is such a cool place. But there, you're pretty much fishing kind of one area. You know, where that was, to me, was the always the appeal of Pesca Panama is you were just exploring different places every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, if you, you know, if you go back and look at that on a map, you cover a lot of ground in a week or in days or six days with those guys. You, it was at Matosa and Coiba Island and all that, in Hannibal Banks. It's just, they're just all fantastic places, but you hit four or five of them in a, in a you know, consecutive day streak. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I just thought of something also, and I don't remember if it was from this trip or my trip before. I think it was this trip. Was this the one where I almost paused now where I got 
bit on the leg by the um, Kubera. Do you remember that? Yep. Yep. Was it the leg? Well, high <laughs> on the leg. <laughs> uh, high, high on the inner thigh. So basically what happened, <laughs> I landed a, a nice Kubera, and I know we didn't get it on video. No. Uh, there is a, a photo of me like, ah! <laughs> um, I caught a Kubera, and I brought it up on the deck. I kind of had it laying across the kayak, and my pliers were on the other side of it. And I, so I went to reach forward to get my pliers so I could get the hook out of it. And it spun around and slid towards my crotch. And luckily, I hang one way versus the other way because yeah. it chomped down on my inner thigh yep. and ripped my shorts and gave me four really nice puncture wounds on my inner thigh. <laughs> That was a big fish too. That wasn't that fish was not a joke. That was a big Kubera. Yeah, right? it was a yeah. it was a nice Kubera. So yeah, um, like I said the, the memories from these trips are so long ago. So with yeah. no further ado, I think we just run the episode for a little bit and see what uh, we can any more stories we can come up from it. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, I'm joined by Craig and Kelly Miller on the west coast of Panama. We've already had an epic week hauling tuna off the Hannibal Bank, wrangling roosters along the shoreline, and living it up with Pesca Panama sport fishing. Now that we have a way to safely land these massive tuna, Craig and I are going to head to a secret spot and try to hook a monster. A secret Craig spot. No mood for giving up. Those tuna don't stand a chance. Stick around. This one's going to be epic. Epic. At the forefront of any sport, you inevitably find someone pushing the limits. While kayak fishing has been exploding in popularity. Yes, Jim that Sanders secret spot is Hannibal Bank. Pacific <laughs> Ocean. But uh, not too many kayak anglers have had the opportunity to fish kayak, there. Jim challenges the world's top game fish and puts his kayak fishing skills to the ultimate test. Never fought a kayak, have you, fish? From freshwater to saltwater. Jim's mission is simple, to discover the best fishing destinations in the world and prove that anything is possible from a kayak. That's a healthy fish. Ocean Kayaks Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Ocean Kayak, makers of the Trident and Ultra series of fishing kayaks. Ex officio, made to adventure. Seagar, always the best fishing line. Mustad, haul in a record, haul off the cash. Hook one kayak fishing gear. Get everything you need to get out there and hook one. Standard Horizon, nothing takes to the water like Standard Horizon. And the Heliconia Press, 
Cutting Edge Outdoors Media. The Pacific coast of Panama is one of the most productive and unpressured sport fishing grounds in the world. And not surprisingly, one of Jim Salmon's favorite fishing destinations. I think as far as a place to fish, paddle, look at scenery, there's no place better. I've never been to a more beautiful place in my life. Koiba Island is off the charts beautiful. So here we are in Panama. Excited to be back. Brought along a couple of good friends of mine, Craig and Kelly Miller. <laughs> and uh, we go through a lot of kayak fishing. Craig's a, a member of our Billfish Club. He's uh, got a sail and a striped marlin. So uh, he wanted to come down here. After hearing everything I told him about Panama, he wanted to come down here and see what it was like. So he's ready to go. Look at that big rooster, man. That is a quality rooster fish. After two incredible fish-filled days around Coiba Island, it's time to step things up. And Jim has his sights set on Hannibal Banks, where a monstrous cliff soars from thousands of feet below the ocean's surface to plateau at 120 feet. Home to marlin exceeding 1,000 pounds and clouds of 300-pound tuna, kayak fishing in these waters is not for the faint of heart. Two years ago, Jim first visited Panama and the Hannibal Banks, and it wasn't long before he hooked into one of the fights of his life. Beaten down from a three-hour battle with a 140-pound tuna, Jim needed help from the support boat to land the bridge. Oh, my God. Dude, that is the hardest I've ever pulled on a fish for that long. That Pretty fish kicked my ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Since then, Jim has been devising a plan to finish the job, and this time from his kayak. And I got the big tuna, but one of my biggest regrets was that I wasn't able to actually land it by myself. You know, that's as a kayak angler, that's part of it, is hook, fight, land, solo. So I talked to my friends at Neptonics, and they're uh, freedivers, freediving uh, specialty shop. And uh, he made up this float and shock cord for me for this harpoon that my good friend Howard gave me that he used for halibut. Well, <laughs> and he had a chance to test out his new tuna landing system over the past few days, but now it's time to put it to the ultimate test. Stay tuned as the team heads out to the banks to get their fish on. I remember doing this for th over three hours on my big tuna last time I was here. I don't know if I want to do that right now. <laughs> Ocean Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Ocean Kayak, makers of the Trident and Ultra series of fishing kayaks and the Torque, which features a removable Minn Kota motor. Check them out at OceanKayak.com. That was kind of a, a revolution there with the motor built onto the kayak and now there's so many of them and there's so many guys using motors on kayaks it's it's absolutely crazy um the big tuna um what we we're talking about there and you're on a, a nice tuna in that photo there you can see it's tail. um what i learned from the first trip versus the second trip and i and i see this a lot guys using really big heavy gear in the kayaks um that I think that big heavy gear just beats you up and because the boat itself is drag, you don't need the big reel. So you don't need to have be holding that big reel and 
what happened with me, I think on, on that first one was the rod I was using was such a broomstick that everything that fish did just beat me up. And though I had it up to the boat quickly, when I tried to gaff it, it ran off and I, and it took me two hours to get it back. Um, when I figured out, Hey, use smaller gear and a more parabolic rod, I was found out that I was landing these fish in 35, 40 minutes instead of three hours. Um, bring the fight closer to your body. You know what I mean? Um, instead of having that really stiff rod where the leverage point is so far away from you, it's so much harder on you where you get that more parabolic rod, or a little shorter rod, get that fight closer to your body. You can short stroke them then and land them a lot quicker. So I didn't get nearly as beat up. And of course, the other thing was, like I said, when I tried to gaff that fish the first time, if you guys have seen that video, uh, it just blew up and dove straight down. Um, so the idea there was then, you know, this harpoon system that uh, the harpoon came from Howard McKim because he used it for halibut up in Alaska. And then I like I said in the video there, I used this float from a free diver with a shock cord on it. And I think what realistically happened once I did it on this was I stuck it with that harpoon. And maybe this is why the guys in Hawaii use a, the Kagi, which is just a, the same sort of idea, except they keep it, it doesn't detach. Um, I basically stoned that fish, you know? So it's like, I didn't need to then gaff it and pull it up and have it shake. I, once I stuck it, it just kind of went, okay. <laughs> but you know you, you learn so much going on from different fish and everything it was pretty um i remember that specifically of one of the bigger learning things i i had on that trip yeah they pull hard i mean the, those even those mid-sized tunas are just monsters right they're they pull so hard i was like freshwater guy from colorado caught some trout you go down there he's like, yeah, right you, know, <laughs> you don't you don't you can't even describe it until you do it it's just right and, and that's why and that's why we call a tuna is just a muscle with eyes yeah you know yep. it's, and they don't quit and that's why it's always so funny you see somebody pick up a tuna and it's like <laughs> yeah I mean, that tail that motor they have on the end of them man they they are so fast and so strong we caught so many that day. I don't, I don't know if it's the day you harpooned that one, but one of those days we caught so many that when, when we put in so many, we released most of them, right? We released all of them. But the I, I had bruises on my legs from the tail slapping. Like I, <laughs> my legs were torn up and my, 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 from just pulling them up and taking the hook out or taking a pin and letting them back out. They're just, they just don't quit until they're done, right? They just fight all the way through. They're so strong, so cool too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And delicious. And, and yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, keep her going. See what happens next. Did Kelly land one? I don't remember. Yeah, you helped her land a pretty decent, like eighty pound, maybe seventy pounder, okay. eighty pounder. Yeah. Come on. There we go. Ocean kayaks kayak fishing show is brought to you in part by Seagar. Always the best in fluorocarbon. Now introducing two new world-class products, Kansan Braid and Senshi monofilament lines. Check out all Seaguar's fishing line options at Seaguar.com. Jim's aboard the Pesca Panama Floating Lodge 
for a week of epic sport fishing on Hannibal Bank. We ran the boat out to Hannibal Bank. Pause. <laughs> I just want to pause for a second. Actually, I maybe I can back it up. Here, there we go. You see that yellow kayak up on the top? Our, um, on the first time I went there, they still had that. And Will, my videographer, and Ken, my producer, it, that's a tandem. And they had to paddle around on that thing um, while they were shooting me because we got in some inshore stuff pretty close in so they couldn't have the the center consoles in there and they were in on that thing in just some crazy you know backwashy stuff and there's no scuppers in it and they're just like sitting in huge puddles of water and we uh we called that one the banana boat because it was it was just like this full huge rocker on it it was the weirdest boat just thought i'd share that with you probably hasn't moved from the roof of there since they put it up back then either yeah probably <laughs> a floating lodge for a week of epic sport fishing on Hannibal Bank. We ran the boat out to Hannibal Bank. It's uh, 15 miles from uh, Koiba Island. So obviously if you want to fish this this area, there's no way to paddle out here. Um, pretty big seas today. It's a little bit rough. We're not really seeing a whole lot of signs of life. But uh, it's the advantage of having a boat and being able to do some big game kayak fishing is, is using the boat to get there. One of the best parts about reliving past adventures is the chance to hook up with old friends. One of the friends that made Jim's last trip to Panama is local guide Tomasino. Tommy was born and raised in these waters and has learned how to adapt his style of offshore fishing to the particular needs of the kayak angler. So we were really stoked when um, Jay, the owner of Pesca Panama, told us that we were gonna have Tommy as our boat captain again today. He was our captain on the last trip. So he kind of knew how we did things and we were excited because he put us on a lot of fish last time so we knew he was going to do it for us again today so having uh tommy behind the wheel of the boat was a pleasure and of course we've got jose who is uh, our deckhand who's been baiting us up helping us on and off the boat helping us with the kayaks you know you can't do these kind of trips without the help of these guys and they just bust their butts and couldn't be happier to have uh, two great guys on the boats with us helping us out Today, Tommy is taking the crew to his favorite spot to fish. 15 miles from Koiba Island, far from the site of land, a mountain rises from thousands of feet below ocean level to plateau at only 120 feet below the surface. This is Hannibal Banks, arguably the best place in the world to catch huge tuna and monster marlin. This is where the team dropped their kayaks in the water. Well, I was all full of bourbon with a poker face. I buried that in my pockets. I was holding straight. We're putting on that. Now it's my turn to raise. Oh, yeah, right and I'm going all in. Yes, Jim. Oh, that's a nice Dorado. Yeah. Bird sitting on it. And I said, you know what? There's a bird sitting on it that's always been sitting There might be some bait under it. Top 
Yeah, man. <sighs> the anticipation, you know. You're, you know you have all those porpoise around you. You know there's fish jumping around you. It's like, it's going to happen, but when? If I want to cut you down like a tree, I'm Jimmy A, son. You don't want to mess with me. Whiskey won't uh, work. Sleep is out of the question. Shimmy the ace that you got in the devil's If I should die before I wake I'll kiss the devil's ass for saving me from Jimmy the ace Don't you tell Jimmy that I ain't got no money He's likely to kill me If he can't find me three jacks and two go bitches now? Gonna <laughs> be the death of me a Pretty nice setup I really, really like how it's working for me Yeah. And on the end of the line, I got a Mustad uh, Demon Perfect Circle 1X Strong. And uh, I think I'm using There's an ADOC today. You know, where you're fishing with a uh, big caballito. Caballito for bait. I think Kelly would have landed this by now. <laughs> Yeah, that's when they get you. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Tail beat. <laughs> Kicking the shin a couple okay. times. Right. I'm beat. With the front door locked and blinds covered, the windows and all the lights shut off. We can do that again. Okay. That's a sign of a really good one organization. Sign of a good operation when you have people that know how to treat customers and they're always working for you. Probably some salt water on that reel. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I think it was by chunks of and they got, yeah, they got some nice kayaks at Tusca Panama, too, right on top of the barge. Anybody who even is just coming down, not necessarily oh. kayak fishing, but who just wants to come on one of their trips can say, okay, you know, I think I'll spend a day kayak fishing. This week, we've been targeting big tuna down in Panama, so I'm going to give you a rundown of a good setup to use if you're going for tuna. First off, I've got an Akuma Makira. Makira. Speed can't reel. even say it, That's right? That's going to give me plenty of pulling power, a lot of strength, and that two-speed if I really have to crank on the fish. You don't need I a two-speed. to a Cedro's <laughs> jigging rod, and the reason I like the jigging rod... This was like the one, one season really that Akuma sponsored us. Head. For line... It was the weirdest thing. Big. I've got Kansan, Seaguar, 100 Quite happy with my Seagler. Again, 100-pound fluorocarbon. I need that abrasion resistance. I need that strength for a long fight. It's funny to go back and look at these, you know, because it was so long ago, you know, different sponsors, different type of gear. Demon perfect circle hook. Um, the reason for this, again, get that get that hook in the corner of its mouth. The reason I say 7-aught to 10-aught, just match it to the bait size. So that's the gear we're going to use if we're going for tuna. Check it out. Stick around for more exciting kayak fishing with Pesca Panama after this message. <laughs> it doesn't beat you to death. Yeah, don't quit.
Yeah, I don't, um, for the most part, I don't subscribe to the need of having a two-speed. I guess for a really, really big fish that it sounded on you, it helps. Featuring the Hook-A-Million State and World Record Contest with $1.4 million up for grabs. Haul in a record, haul off the cash. Free registration at mustadhookamillion.com. I think somebody won a million dollars on that contest, too. Refreshed and ready to haul another beast from the depths. Finally, after trolling around for a while, Jim gets his chance at another monster. We got another day out here at Hamble Bank. Pretty sloppy out here. We started trolling the live baits. It didn't take long. Ah. I don't think anything hurts your back worse than a tuna. That's straight down. Straight down, straight up. I was following this one pod for the longest time, and it's like, man, the anticipation. The anticipation. You know this fish around. You're seeing a freaking just anticipating that bite. And that's it's so exciting. I mean, what a, what a picturesque place. I mean, that porpoise jumping all around you. Woo. Got the, what do we got? Two, four, four five, six, six tuna. Not a huge one, but that 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 float did make it interesting. Big tuna. I'm not 100 sure how big it is. But I'm guessing that's a 100-pound fish. Eh, probably not. <laughs> Another epic day in Panama comes to a close. It's time to head back to the Pesca Panama Barge for a fish feast. A Dorado ceviche from uh, the Dorado Craig caught yesterday. Pesca Panama is truly the best way for any angler to experience the thrills of fishing in Panama. After running luxury fishing trips in Alaska for years, Captain Jay Gustin decided it was time to change things up and focus on a warmer destination. Panama's stunning countryside, incredibly friendly people, and its world-class fishing make it the ideal spot for a sport fishing operation. When combined with Jay's passion for providing the ultimate fishing experience, the result is Pesca Panama Sport Fishing one of the most unique and luxurious sport fishing operations that you'll find anywhere. We don't really try to max it out as much as we try to keep it comfortable. So most of our trips we'll have around 10, 12 guests, 14. This black right where we're sitting here today is one of our favorite anchoring places and we've been to several others already this week. So it gives us the versatility to bring people out so they can enjoy the islands and still be able to move around these different anchorages. It's a little bit different concept, but it works very good. At the center of the Pesca Panama operation is an old barge, which they've converted into a luxury mobile fishing lodge. Now, while guests are out fishing all day, this mothership moves from location to location, which provides anglers with easy access to endless fishing spots and minimizes travel time. And there aren't that many lodges that can offer dinner with the nurse sharks. When we come back, the team has one last day on the banks and what better way to spend it than targeting billfish? Stay tuned for some extreme kayak billfishing action. So, um, Jay, there, the owner at that time, sold 
Pesca Panama. Um, and he was the heart and soul of the place, you know, uh, just, he was all about customer service, just the nicest, nicest guy. And, uh, in person, just a dead nuts ringer for the skipper from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But those, every time you're... I saw him at the block on the boat, I was like, eh. <laughs> that's like, right. Yep. Yep. And just so nice. But like I said, he sold the place. Um, so he could retire and move back because he used to run fishing boats up in Alaska. And I think he moved back up that way. And, uh, the guys who bought it, um, it just never seemed like it was back at that level, uh, from what I had seen and what I had heard. And then, um, like I said, and then and now, it's like I said, I'm not even sure if it still exists, at least going by their website, the website, again, Pesca Panama is still there but there's no updated information no and i I had a few emails from that guy when he first took it over like trying to get some previous customers in we still have the kayaks down here but i haven't heard from him in a year or so so who knows yeah and like i said my friend is ricky who was the booking agent who was no longer working for him so but there is a lot of great uh, organizations down in Panama. And if you get a chance to fish Panama, I, I mean, I highly recommend it. It's just such a awesome, awesome place. You know, like I said, the variety of fishing you can do there. And, you know, it's like Panama City, I'm not so much into, you know, it's. But when you get out there, out away from everything, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yep. And like we said, in that Coiba Island, absolutely beautiful, which I believe it was Coiba was formerly like a prison island. Yeah. Until you like know. the 70s, right? Until yeah. relatively recently. Yeah. It's kind of like the old movie uh, Papillon. Yeah. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That whole area. And now the yeah. thing is, I don't even know. You have to have like a special permit to even be able to go fish out there. Yep. So, yeah. but very, very cool. And there, it was, it was evident. There was not. We didn't see anybody else out there, right? We had some military no. people, but there was nobody else fishing, and there was not the there wasn't a lot of pressure on the fish. They were plentiful. Yeah, Ocean yeah definitely. Fishing show is brought to you in part by Okuma Fishing Tackle. It's your day. Make the most of it with Okuma Fishing Tackle. Inspiring. I still fish Okuma. Their low profile Check reels. Out Okuma's full line of rods, reels, and fishing accessories. But that's it. Everything else, like I said, is my Siegler reels. Joined by Craig and Kelly Miller in the fishy waters off Hannibal Banks in Panama. We caught a lot of big tuna on this trip. I mean, I think we caught three or four really large ones in their 80 pound range. Um, And they pull hard. Awesome troll live bait. Hook them up and uh, reel them in and gap them. Yellowfin tuna are one of the toughest fish you can catch off your Just reel them in and gap them. That's all you got to do. Targeting tuna. In your kayak. I have a show. The first thing you have to do is <laughs> locate the tuna. And you can do that in a number of ways. One is to look for porpoise schools because tuna tend to hang with them. But that's kind of tough in a kayak because you're having to chase the porpoise. Look for birds working. That means the fish are up there. Or go to a high spot that's going to hold bait and bring in those bigger fish. That's a lot easier to way to do it in a kayak. If you're seeing the fish up on top, throw a popper. That's going to get them going. If you're not seeing them, drop an iron yo-yo fishing drop that iron down to the bottom or halfway down and grind it up as fast as you can the fish can't resist it 
just like any kind of kayak fishing, you don't need big gear. But these fish are strong, so make sure you're using good quality reels with smooth drags. These fish can get big, so be prepared. Know how you're gonna land it. Either have a gaff or the harpoon that I've been using on the real big fish, or just let them go if they're too big for your kayak. I hope these tips help you get that tuna of a lifetime. Until next time, I'm Jim Sammons, and it's your kayak fishing tip of the week. For more tips and your chance to win a fantastic kayak fishing package that includes an ocean kayak trident fishing kayak and ex officio clothing, visit kayakfishingshow.com. After a hardcore week of hauling on big fish, the arms are aching. But with only one more day left in Panama, nothing's going to stop the team from heading back to Hannibal Banks for more big fish action. Just getting back in, give myself a little time limit here. Half hour, maybe an hour. Try to catch another one, see what happens. I was taking a break and uh, Craig decided to keep paddling around Hannibal Bank and uh, we saw a billfish jump on his bait. It was pretty cool because we were all looking right back at him when it happened, we saw it right behind him. And uh, it's not a real big billfish that we can tell anyway. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you never know. Kayak, <laughs> it grew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm on some kind of a billfish here, but he's really not fighting that hard at this point. He went on a couple of good runs, but he's really, really, he's at an angle, almost like a 45 degree angle off the left side of my boat. And I could bring him in right now. I could wind in as much line as I wanted. Actually, I'm letting line go slack. I'm, I'm not even being able to keep much of a bend in my rod. But the last thing I want to do is bring this fish in right now. He's only been out for maybe 10 minutes. Can we land that? Can we land that guy? After fighting the marlin for more than an hour, what was first thought to be a small fish has revealed itself to be a 400-pound-plus black marlin. My pro tip of the week is spend time on the water. When you come to Panama, stay on the water. You'll catch more fish on the, on the kayak than you will from the boat. Is it Tommy, do you think? What kind, think of fish is, what kind of fish is it, and how big is it? It's black marlin, I think. It's maybe 350, 400 pounds, something like that. There he is. Craig keeps the beast at a distance but the sheer size of the fish has caused a conundrum. The marlin appears to have no idea he even has a hook in his mouth. I mean, there's times when he pulls and he takes a bunch of line, but for the most part, I mean, it's, he's, not very, he's not pulling very hard. He's been in relatively close the whole time. Craig refuses to give up, but this isn't a stalemate. The black marlin is winning. Even an extra kayak dragging behind Craig isn't enough to make the beast move. Can I change the tactic, Jim? Yeah, well, this, this fish is acting bizarre. Can't seem to get any pressure on it. But it's also still too freaking green to try and bring in. Something has to change. They simply need to put more pressure on the fish. And so Jim starts paddling. Yeah, that didn't work at all. To no avail. Jim is quickly exhausting and the marlin makes no attempt to flee. With daylight waning, Craig makes one last attempt to pressure the fish before he cuts the line. Straightened out a 10 knot circle hook and uh, he got away, but I think we got some good jumps out of him and uh, went for a ride for a while. Whenever you go fishing, there's a good chance that you're using Mustad hooks. For over 125 years, Mustad has been the leader in hook manufacturing. The new Demon Perfect Circle hooks 
are the only circle hooks with precision proportions. I've been using the new Demon Perfect circle hooks for the last couple years, and it'll blow you away the percentage of push you hook and don't lose. The Demon Perfect circle hooks come in different wire gauges from extra fine to 5X strong, which is just a beast of a hook. You're also gonna find them in sizes from the tiny number 12 to a monster 16 odd. You can see all of Mustad's great products at mustadfishing.com. Hook straightened, the limit has been- There it is. <laughs> pounds of raw muscle have defeated the kayakers. But Jim has been here before, and so it's back to the drawing board to figure out how to land bigger fish from the kayak. With that, our Panamanian adventure reaches its end with new challenges faced and new resolutions made. But Jim's adventures are far from over. Join us next week on the Kayak Fishing Show as Jim heads to Northern Ontario, Canada on the hunt for trophy walleye, bass, and big old muskie at Slippery Winds Lodge. Um, and then the black marlin was probably the highlight of my trip. It was a big 350, 400-pound black marlin from the kayak. That I, I don't think there's any way to land it, but we played around with it for a couple hours, two, two and a half hours. <laughs> my second time here, and the second time that the kayak anglers outfish the boat anglers. For more tips or information on how you can join me on a kayak fishing adventure, visit jimsammons.com. jimsammons.com. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that basically the sequence on the Marlin, you hooked it. And then, like I said, you could see where I T bone the back of the kayak. So I'll hold on to the back, yeah. try to put more pressure. And I kind of lean my kayak this way. So it kind of digs in and put more pressure. But that fish was so bizarre in that it just swam. It never, I mean, yeah, we got a few jumps and a few hard runs. But yep. for the most of the fight, it just swam really just like we weren't there. Early on, he took a, just a ton of line, and then and then he stopped. And I, I was pulling and winding on him and just trying to jump and just trying to get him to do something. And he would go get him back in, go get him back in. But he was not – there were times where it was just like I was – it was like I had the drag off. There was nothing. He was just dead. And as I think I said last time, I, I guess if I had to do it over again, I would just wound on top of him and touch the leader and cut him loose, right? To get, but it, yeah. I don't, who knows? But you know, but it, it, it's also it's pretty big. It's <laughs> a big, a big hot green animal. You know, getting him to yeah. you know, if you try to do anything like that and it goes nuts underneath your boat. And you know, like I said, I, I, I t boned it. Um, like I said, you're, and you kept saying, Jim, I don't know what to do, man. I can wind myself right on top of this fish anytime I want. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did the rope thing, which was just ridiculous. That didn't work at all. No. And it really was a time thing. Cause it was our last day on the water. We had to get back to the boat and we had yeah. a fairly long run and, or back to the lodge, I should say. And, um, so that's when we were like, screw it. we got to put some more pressure on this fish yeah. and attached you to the camera boat yep and that's when it all of a sudden felt all that weight and then it and it just boom 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 and straight yeah. 
<laughs> it was gone. And, and like when I first got in, it was a little couple seconds there. I remember the captains gave us like, we got to head back. It's like half hour, maybe an hour. So, okay, well, I'm last day here. Let's max out our time, right? Let's get back in the water and see if we get something. And then that happened right at the end of the last day. So, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Good memory. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, it's great to relive these old shows, like I say, because I don't, I don't see it again. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go, go do it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying to, man. As soon as my travel, like I said, I, I'm scheduled to go to um, Louisiana in a few weeks. Nice. And, um, you know, hopefully that hasn't been hit by all the cold quite as much. And then uh, I'm going to go fishing in Florida also. But I mean, I don't, I just don't, this year is not going to be the adventure travel that I tend to have. So, which is kind of disappointing, but um, what is this? Oh, Gary Myers. That's why I used Ponga rods out of my Scupper Pro. And you laughed at me using your seven foot rods. Um, and it's not even a matter of, you know, ponger rods are one thing and seven foot, a seven foot rod when you're in La Jolla and you're talking about uh, yellowtail, you know, that's, it's, it's a kind of a different beast when you start talking to hundred plus pound, you know, or these are tuna because tuna are just that much stronger. Um, seven foot, you know, being able to reach around the bow of your rod. Um, the, the interesting thing, people, is, <laughs> uh, like I said, it, I always went seven foot. And like I said, if you go shorter, a six foot, a little more parabolic, bring the fight closer to you, certainly takes the stress off you. But the weird thing is, what we always say is if you have a fish that kind of goes, you know, off to the left or off to the right, if you just pull the rod across the boat, the boat will pivot and point towards the fish. If you have a shorter rod with a sh more parabolic where it's closer to you, you do this and the boat just drags sideways. So it's, it's much more difficult, you know, if, particularly if you're on a rudderless boat, it's much more difficult to actually get the boat to turn towards the fish. So it's kind of weird. I, I've, I've fished some of the shorter rods, some of my vertical jigging rods um, and hooked some big fish that will do that. And then all of a sudden it's like, why isn't my boat turning? Cause we're so used to it just doing that, you know, just following the fish and you go too short. Then all of a sudden it's not doing that. And you have to fight it a little bit differently. Um, my experience anyway, uh, Rudy asked when I'm coming to Chesapeake peak to go fishing, actually, um, there was talk of going there this year and it fell through. So you can blame somebody else on that. I don't, uh, and what's this one? Jimmy should come to what is what's is that Wisconsin <laughs> to fish yeah. Great Lakes salmon tournament in the fall? That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, I'm, six blocks, I'm six blocks from Lake Michigan right now, man. I'm sitting here. I'm up here. I'm up here in Milwaukee right now. So it's, it's the lakes right around the corner. Well, head on out and go fishing. Yeah, it's a little chilly right now. Was. <laughs> <laughs> So um, anybody who watched the uh, the show um, with Patrick Zabiel on Tuesday, that uh, is still going on. So you have until next week to comment on that one for your chance to win five lures from a band of anglers. So uh, if you go and comment on that, you will be eligible to win. And I will draw that winner right before the show on Tuesday. Um, 
Other than that, I appreciate everybody joining us. Craig, I'm glad you, you were able to. I know you're on the road and everything. Glad you were able to. It's always fun, man. I always look to it. So I was good to see you. Yeah, man. You. Super fun. Super fun. We actually got to fish again sometimes. I know you're traveling all over the place for work and chasing your kid around for that stick game they play. <laughs> yeah, both of them. Both right. Of them. Yeah. One, one plays her first college game tomorrow. So Really? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow afternoon, she plays her college game. So, awesome. Yeah, pretty stoked. Is it snowing yep. there? Um. Yep. But they have uh, <laughs> if it, so they plow the field turf, and if it's too cold, they play. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They've been well, too. So. Well, very cool, man. Well, again, yeah. thanks. Appreciate you you joining me here. Yeah. Great. And, uh, let's go fish. Right on, man. Good to see you. Talk to you soon. Well, again, thanks, everybody, for joining us. I really appreciate it. We are here every Tuesday and Thursday on the Kayak Fishing Show page on Facebook, as well as Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel. If you are going out fishing this week, please remember, always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care.